You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. You know, we entered into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And we've been worshiping the Lord in gladness. And Jesus has the room. Thanks be to God. After giving his disciples authority to cast out demons and to heal every disease and every sickness, Jesus gave the disciples very specific instructions on where to take his on-the-road kingdom demonstrations to the lost sheep of Israel. As the disciples made their way to the lost sheep of Israel, they were instructed to tell those sheep the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. In other words, tell them that there's a new sheriff in town. The Romans may think they're in charge. They aren't. God is. In fact, God is ruling, and these healings are signs of his glorious reign. Now, we aren't told how this show and tell went for all the 12 disciples. But Luke's gospel says that there were 72 disciples who were sent out, and they returned with joy. It's safe to say the 12 also batted 1,000. The kingdom of heaven is found 31 times in Matthew's gospel. The phrase kingdom of God is found five times in Matthew's gospel. Now, I believe these two phrases are interchangeable to unlock the mystery of the kingdom. Jesus uses parables to teach us what the kingdom looks like. These little short stories that are relevant to the people of the time. He compares the the kingdom to a mustard seed, yeast, a hidden treasure in a field, a merchant in search of fine pearls and a net that catches every kind of fish. The kingdom is something we seek, is near, and can be entered. And yet there are times in the healing ministry when we don't bat a thousand. Sometimes it's more of a a swing and a miss. How are we to explain those situations? First, we must remember that we live in what Gordon Fee calls the radical middle. This, says Steve Stevens, the author of Follow the Healer, is the time between the beginning of the end and the consummation of the end. The kingdom has come near But it's not here in all its fullness. And because it's not here in all its fullness, not everyone we pray for will be healed in this life. Second, we must learn to embrace the mystery of healing. We have to admit to ourselves and to those we pray for that we don't have it all figured out. We must leave room for God to be God. How difficult it is for you to take a swing to pray for healing and to know that your prayer might not be answered in the way you want it to be. Does this keep you from boldly praying for others to be healed? I have a story, several stories, 
of times that I didn't bat a thousand when it came to healing prayer. I could share a lot of those with you. I'm with people a lot of time when they're sick and they need healing or the end of life. And I pray for healing, but I don't bat a thousand. I can give you story after story after story. And sadly, many people have been taught that their lack of faith was the reason they or their loved one wasn't healed in the way they had hoped. It's true. You see, Dr. Siemens calls this explanation the misguided faith formula teaching. The misguided faith formula teaching. It's what he says. This teaching is widespread, even today, and has caused much harm. When we find ourselves face-to-face with mystery, which we will in healing ministry, we may remember the many paradoxes we encounter in the Christian faith. I want you to understand that your so-called lack of faith did not keep you from being healed. Folks, I have been in an ICU room with a person who was dying and their family members are there. And I happen to be the chaplain. I'm not their pastor, but I'm there to support them, to provide pastoral care. And someone from a church could be a pastor, could be a layperson, could be somebody representing the healing ministry of that particular church. And will say to them, when you have enough faith, your loved one will be healed. I've heard it, folks, and that loved one died, breathed their last. And that family goes out of that room thinking we didn't have enough faith. If we'd have just had enough faith, he would have been healed. You know how hard that is for me? Knowing how bad that theology is that was just brought into that room. But it's widespread, folks. It's widespread. And yet I'm able to comfort folks because in that particular situation, and that was one particular, there's many, I knew that that individual had made Jesus the king of his heart. So in essence, he was healed. Is that starting to make sense with you now? As we continue this series of healing, many of you came into this scared, nervous, doubting, and you're still teeter-tottering back and forth. I still don't know what to think about all this. Not sure I like it. It's not about you liking it or not. It's about you learning the ways that Jesus heals from a biblical approach. So continue to listen with your heart, not so much your analytical brain, which I do that a lot. I want you to understand that your so-called lack of faith did not keep you from being healed or that family member from being healed. I want you to hear this. God always wills healing. But not everyone who is sick will be healed in this life. This truth is crucial for those praying for healing and those in need of healing. I want to help you understand this mystery. So I decided to show you a clip from The Chosen featuring Jesus and little James. Now, many of the women in here have seen this clip. just so happens about the same time God put this on my heart to show this clip this Sunday, God put it on the heart of the women rooted in Christ. Just show this at their Bible study. 
but it won't hurt you to see it twice. I've seen it four times, by the way. And every time I watch it, I'm like, thank you. Now, there will be a few of you who will say, well, that Chosen series is not completely biblically accurate, and that scene didn't occur. Folks, I want you to stay away from that, okay? You heard Doug just a moment ago from the keyboard here talk about Paul's thorn in the flesh. Preached about that last week, okay? He had a thorn in the flesh that God did not heal. And Paul, through an understanding he had with Christ, didn't see that thorn, that pain, as a weakness, but a strength. That's the illustration you're going to watch now with Jesus and little James. Master. Little James. May I have a moment? Of course. I am... Forgive me, I'm uh, not always confident to speak. Slow to speak. It's a very good quality. <clears throat> I wanted to ask you a question, please. So you're sending us out with the ability to heal the sick and lame. Yes, that, that is what you said. Yes. So you're telling me that I have the ability to heal. <laughs> Forgive me, I just find that difficult to imagine with my condition, which you haven't healed. Do you want to be healed? Yes, of course, if, if that's possible. I think you've seen enough to know it's possible. Why haven't you? Because I trust you. What? Little James. Precious little James. I need you to listen to me very carefully. Because what I'm going to say defines your whole life to this point and will define the rest of your life. Do you understand? In the Father's will, I could heal you. Right now. And you'd have a good story to tell, yes? Yes, that you do miracles. And that's a good story. But there are already dozens who can tell that story. And there will be hundreds more, even thousands. But think of the story that you have, especially in this journey to come, if I don't heal you. To know how to proclaim that you still praise God in spite of this. To know how to focus on all that matters so much more than the body. To show people that you can be patient with your suffering here on earth because you know you'll spend eternity with no suffering. Not everyone can understand that. How many people do you think the Father and I trust this with? Hmm? Not many. But the others, 
There's so much more. So much more what? I don't know. Stronger? Better at this? James, I love you. But I don't want to hear that ever again. I know how easy it is to say the Song of David that I've fearfully and wonderfully made. But it doesn't make this any easier. And in this group, it doesn't make me feel like any less of a burden. A burden? First of all, it is far easier to deal with your slow walking than it is to deal with Simon's temper. Trust me. Are you fast? Do you look impressive when you walk? Maybe not. But these are things the father doesn't care about. You are going to do more for me than most people ever dream. So many people need healing in order to believe in me. Or they need healing because their hearts are so sick. That doesn't apply to you. And many are healed or not healed because the Father in Heaven has a plan for them which may be a mystery. And we remember what Job said. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When you pass from this earth and you meet your Father in heaven where Isaiah promises you will leap like a deer, your reward will be great. So hold on a little longer. And when you discover yourself finding true strength because of your weakness, and when you do great things in my name, in spite of this, the impact will last for generations. Do you understand? fast? Probably not. Are you impressive the way that you walk? Maybe, maybe not. Are you the best looking in the room? There may be somebody that's the best looking in the room. The one that I think is the best looking in the room is not here this morning. And yet, Jesus says that's not what his father is looking at. 
How's the condition of your heart? How's the attitude of your heart? Is your focus on everything that's wrong with you? Your, your, your physical? Or is your focus on your heart? And is your heart in touch and in tune with the heart of God? Are you speaking life into others? Are you serving and not focusing so much on what you can't do or whether you're fast enough or you look the part, but instead you're going to use what God has given you, a power that he's given you, his Holy Spirit that he's given to you to be a source of healing to others. You can be in what you say or don't say to someone. You may just listen to them. You may pray over them. You may lay hands on them. Speak life into them. That's healing, folks. It's not all about touching them and in Jesus' name you're healed and they jump up and walk. It's actually a lot more than that. Jesus is interested in the whole person. The whole person being whether or not your heart is right. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made is what little James said. David reminds us, every one of us, that his eyes, God's eyes, beheld your unformed substance as you were being created in the depths of the earth. He breathed into you the breath of life. He knit you and molded you in your mother's womb. In his very book, the book of life, are written all the days of your life before one of them is even accomplished. He created you to do wonderful things for Him, to glorify Him, enjoy Him, serve Him. I want you to remember that. Even in the face of mystery, our commission is to pray for healing and leave the outcome to Jesus. Jesus is the healer that we're following. We are not the healer. After all, it's his ministry, and it's his kingdom. And I get to be a part of that kingdom. I get to enter into his kingdom. Isn't that beautiful? In 1969, just one day before the late singer-songwriter Johnny Cash performed at the San Quentin prison, an inmate named Terry Cuddy gave him the lyrics to a song he had written. The song is called... I don't know where I'm bound. Not knowing what would be next for him, Terry writes about desiring to arrive at a place of peace, all the while acknowledging he's bound to the journey itself. I commend you to read the lyrics to the song, I don't know where I'm bound. You can look it up. Johnny sang the words of Mr. Cuddy's song, likely out of a sense of kinship. He, like Mr. Cuddy, had run afoul with the law. Both men were well acquainted with suffering, and both men thought the way to escape the suffering was through a life of drinking and drugging and moving down the road. It wasn't. Their answer, like ours, is to let Jesus, the one who lived and died and lives again, do the work of freeing us where we're bound. 
Our works often start the moment we face to face with the God who suffered for us and identifies with us in our suffering. It continues as we spend time at the foot of the cross. As Dr. Siemens writes, the cross tells us in no uncertain terms that God in Christ is one with us in our suffering. Folks, what was once a cause of brokenness for me has become a means of conveying Christ's fullness. The very place of my pain, humiliation, and shame became a place of spiritual power and authority. Today, I repeatedly exclaim, Lord, look what you have done. And you can do it again, and you can do it again, and he can do it for you. Everybody in here has our story of what God has done, and he keeps doing it. He is the way maker. He keeps doing it, and he keeps working it. He healed me through a back injury that I had. Two back surgeries. I might get in trouble for this, but... (laughs) Hallelujah. He did that through a surgeon named Dr. Osborne. Through resurgence. I just said his name. You're probably going to look him up this afternoon. God used him in a physical therapist. It took a long time, but he did it. Leaving a denomination that I'd served for 30 plus years, grew up in. He brought newness of life and restoration after I left that institution, so to speak. He did it again. Through all the loss that I've faced personally in my life and being a pastor and watching church members over the year pass away, those earthly losses. The inside cover of my Bible, three pages are filled with columns of names of people that I've done funerals for, celebrations of life, many more than the weddings. And yet, He's given me the assurance. That's an earthly loss. But there will be a day, the ultimate healing, where there will be no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears. Glory indeed. Glory to God. He'll do it again and again and again for you. Thanks be to God. May we pray. Author and creator of our faith, the sustainer of all of humankind, the pioneer of our faith. For the glory set before you, you willingly endured the cross, scorning its shame. And now you sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. We consider him your son, Jesus Christ, who endured all sorts of opposition from sinners, all sorts of mocking, all sorts of pain and grief and sorrow, and to know that he overcame it all on that cross. And we too can overcome. We too can be healed. We too can be set free. We ask you to do it. We know you'll do it again 
and again and again. You've moved the mountains. You've gotten us through the valleys. You've brought us to this place today surrounded by brothers and sisters who love us, the body of Christ. You've never forsaken us. You promised you'd never leave us. And you are here in this place. And we celebrate your goodness, oh God, through your son, Jesus Christ. And we surrender this very moment because all of us want all of you, our entire hearts, our minds, our spirits, our souls. We surrender to you at the foot of the cross. Make us whole. Redeem us and restore us. Do it again. Make it so. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.